Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful today. I thought you were going to take my word. I thought, I thought, I thought. No, not taking your word today. So how are you today? I am fantastic. And I mean it. I'm excited about our conversation today. What level of fantastic? Yes, we talked about the volume of fantastic. You know what? The sun just came out. So my volume went up probably from a two to probably a three and a half to a four on a five scale. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm reaching pretty darn fantastic. We're a good fantastic. Uh huh. Well, I think we're going to get a little more fantastic today, aren't we? We are indeed. I would like to introduce my friend, Ashi Aurora, and we're excited to have her. Ashi is the founder and principal of iRise Executive Coaching, and where she capitalizes on her business experience of 20 plus years in leadership positions, both public and private sectors. She's a certified coach and focuses on individual and team coaching programs designed to enhance management acumen, self-awareness, and emotional intelligence, which is near and dear to our hearts. Ashi is invited nationally to speak on topics such as imposter syndrome that we are going to get into today. And I am so excited. Welcome, Ashi. We are so glad to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, ladies, for inviting me to come and talk to you all about how fantastic. Well, one of the things that that you talk a lot about that we're going to discuss today is imposter syndrome. And that's something I work with clients on on a regular basis. It is a true issue that faces so many leaders today. So why don't we just jump in and tell us what exactly is imposter syndrome? Yeah, it's a condition or a phenomenon where someone really feels like they are a fake or a phony. They're not maybe worthy of certain accomplishments or awards. They want to credit others with it instead of crediting themselves with it. And they have a bit of this fear that they're going to be discovered as not being genuine, authentic, um, that they're not supposed to be somehow accepting those accomplishments, accolades that they're getting. And so they feel like the imposter, they feel like that fraud. And so they can get into these moments or situations or circumstances where they want to hold back. They don't want to push forward because, you know, there's this voice inside them that I call the imposter monster, this negative voice inside them that says, shh, you don't want anyone to figure out you're a phony. So don't say anything or don't jump in for that promotion or don't apply for that job or don't speak up at that meeting or committee. And the challenge with that, especially when you're in leadership, is if you don't grow, you you fall back. I mean, that's how it is, right? We're, we're not in an era of where we can stagnate. Even if you want to stay in the role you love, 
you still need to constantly be growing and developing because change is always around us. And so when you have that negative voice that's saying, don't do anything, just do things as you're doing them, that that's not going to work. It's going to end up potentially sabotaging your success, sabotaging your leadership. So it's kind of important to tap into what that voice is. And anyways, we'll get into some of the strategies behind it. The promotions and the the job upgrades are, are going to happen typically, right? And people yeah. are going to get wrecked. Does the imposter monster get louder and uglier and more limiting with each promotion? I think there are times, especially people who say they have moderate to severe imposter syndrome will say that, yes, that that voice starts getting louder and louder, especially when thrown into a new situation. I mean, it's hard for a lot of us to change, right? Whatever that new situation may be, a new boss you're trying to impress or work with, a new committee you're a part of, a new promotion you've received, whatever that big leadership change is for you. Yeah, I've definitely seen my clients, as well as in my own experience, seeing that voice get get more negative, sometimes much louder. Yeah. I think I noticed this somewhat for myself when I changed careers back in 2009 and jumping into something that was new, even though I was educated and and moving in that direction and that mindset and everything. And it was a bit of, well, who do you think you are? Yeah. 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 Do you think that for people who get promoted within their peer group, so they've been on a team for a long time and now they're been promoted to the team lead or the supervisor, do you think that that plays in effect when they're like, why me over the other people on the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think especially if there's a little bit of if if there's a natural tendency to it, right? Like nobody, not everyone has imposter syndrome. And like I said before, people have various degrees of it. So when someone is especially coming from a peer group and now they're going to they're going to jump higher, maybe even manage some of those peers, there's a lot of feelings and mixed emotions that might be coming into play. And yeah, that voice can definitely start getting a little louder because part of part of that reason the voice does get louder is it comes from a place, I believe, from a place of risk. It's it's trying to avert risk. It grew from you when you were younger and you were trying to deal with adversity or any kind of trauma, anything, you know, like we talk about from our childhood or, or whatever, our upbringing society. There's so many different causes to imposter syndrome, but that voice has grown from a place of assessing risk and trying to protect us. The challenge is that when it gets in our way, right? So so finding when we need to kind of quiet down that voice when it's getting too large and it's really getting in our way. So in your example of that promotion, yes, there are going to be challenges with promoting above certain peers. However, what do I need to do to, to get to move past that? What can I tap into to keep moving forward? Reminding yourself why you wanted the promotion, why it's important for you and why it's important for the organization and for your peers to have someone in that role that they know that they're familiar with, that they can trust. So let's hear a real live example. Can you share your imposter monster story? 
Yeah, for sure. So let's see, I'll, it, it goes way back. Um, it goes from when I was 16, I entered college. So I was a little bit ahead of, of other kids, my age academically, I got my bachelor's by 20, my master's by 22. I was already managing a team by 23. Um, I had a $60 million budget. I was administering over by like 27, 28, like really a lot of achievements at very young ages. And with every promotion, I remember every accolade, every achievement, I, my first thought used to always be, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to have gotten this. And at the same time, there was a little bit of fear of like, why did that person get it? Why did they give it to me? What's so special about me? And when are they going to discover I'm not so special? So fast forward, um, many years later, I was administering over a department of pediatrics and my boss at the time, who was the chair of the department, wanted to give me a performance evaluation. And I had received performance evaluations up until that point, but they weren't what I would necessarily say genuine, authentic. It was kind of like, oh, you're fantastic, fives on everything. And you're hitting it out of the ballpark, but really no, no constructive feedback. And constructive feedback doesn't have to be always negative feedback. It could be positive feedback. I wasn't getting either or. So he wanted to do a real performance evaluation. He gave me some real great positive pointers. And then he went into a little bit of the negative, you know, areas of improvement opportunity. And I was devastated, completely shattered. I couldn't get out of bed the next day. I wrote a resignation letter and sent it to him that night. And, and the whole time it was, it was not, Maybe there was a little bit of ego bruising in there, to be quite honest. But the bigger part of it was, oh, my gosh, he's discovered I am not capable of doing this job. I'm a fake and a phony. And here it is. Finally, someone has discovered that I am the biggest imposter there is. I need to get as far away and run away as far as possible from this situation. Um, the day after that, one of the other executive leaders and a mentor in the organization met up with me handed me uh, Cheryl Sandberg's lean in. And that was my first exposure to what imposter syndrome really is. And so long story short, I rescinded my resignation that Monday. We had a great conversation. I went on to work really well with him. We created a, an avenue of communication to be able to foster great feedback because I really started tapping into, into this thing, imposter syndrome, like, what is this? And what do I work on to get through it? And so that led me to start learning a lot more about different strategies. Once I was able to go, okay, this is what I have. This is what I'm dealing with. So you said that you were able to kind of lean into some of the strategies. What did you find helpful when it came to overcoming imposter syndrome? So one of the first, so the first strategy was understanding what it was. The second one was starting to talk to my tribe about it, finding the people I trusted in my tribe, who I now call like my board of directors. And it's like my personal board, identifying different people on it that I could talk openly about it to. So they could help me understand where my thought process was irrational. Um, what I didn't realize at the time I started talking to them was the third step and the third strategy in this 
was where they started pointing out my strengths to me. They started showcasing to me what I was really good at and why I was worthy of awards, accomplishments, accolades, people saying good things and helping me understand and starting to really believe it. And the more they started talking to me about my strengths, the more I started thinking and kind of leaning into them. Now, fast forward a few years later, I was like able to find an assessment that actually did this. And that's what started my journey on becoming a strength certified coach through Gallup, because I'm like, all right, you can figure out your strengths by just writing them down, you know, notating them. You can ask the people you trust around you what they are. And then you can also do an assessment and find out what they are. So all these different strategies I've found over the years have helped me a lot and have helped others that I've coached as well. So that you leaned into your strengths because we talk, Lori and I talk a lot about your strengths and we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big believer in, yes, you need to identify what your weak areas are. You can work on them. You can surround yourself with people who are stronger on them than you are, but you really need to identify your strengths and focus in on those strengths. So how can focusing in on your strengths help you with imposter syndrome? Yeah. So one of the challenges with people with imposter syndrome is that they're hearing a lot of that negative talk, right? So they know their weakness is cold, like really, really well, have a memorized, can give you uh, like a hundred different examples could do a whole presentation on a weakness. Even if public speaking to them is a weakness, they will talk about their own weaknesses really, really easily and confidently. And so when it comes to understanding their strengths, now we're talking about a mindset shift, right? A language they're not probably used to and not used to using regularly. And so when we think about just stepping aside and I'll, come, I'll bring this back, um, the concept of mindset as introduced first by Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, it, it's thinking about the mindset loop for me. So if you have a negative thought, it's going to lead you to having negative attitude, which is going to lead you to having negative behaviors and negative actions and therefore negative results and outcomes. It's a whole cycle, right? So if we spend a lot of time focused on our weaknesses and what's wrong with us, chances are we're going to develop a negative cycle process, negative attitude, negative behaviors, actions, results, and outcomes. Now, if we switch that to the positive, it's gonna, it's gonna give us those positive outcomes we're looking for. But it's not enough to just say, oh, I need to think positive thoughts you know, or I need to fake it till I make it, not a line I've subscribed to, nor do I promote. So instead of trying to actively think of like, how do I, how do I have these positive thoughts, having a strengths-based language, whether that's thinking about your own strengths, hearing it from others, or doing an assessment and leaning into it is going to give you more of those positive thoughts, which is going to lead you to more of those positive attitude, behaviors, et cetera. And that's going to give you the positive outcomes you're looking for, like the promotion, like speaking up, like uh, reaching certain goals. 
um, like bringing a team together to see a project through. Whatever that is for you, whatever that positive outcome is for you, is going to be further developed by using your strengths. And that's going to combat that little imposter monster. And I want to say little because in a lot of ways, you know, because imposter syndrome is so in like it, for a lot of people, it's not something that's just on set. It's grown over time. So to peel back the layers of it, of where it came from, how it was caused. I mean, I know some of some of my causes for, for sure. Um, I come from a culture that's very much in terms of gender, there's a lot of gender specific roles. And so as a woman, when I'm doing certain things, especially in growing in leadership, that are not so specific to that stereotype of what women should be doing in my culture. It's like I was constantly fighting that imposter monster because that monster was saying, well, you should be doing this, not what you're doing. You should be spending more time with your kids. You should be catering to your husband. You should be doing, you know, taking care of your parents instead of trying to prioritize some of your development needs and your growth goals and your need to help others. So it's, it's a lot of, a lot of those layers you have to peel back. So you never kind of get rid of that monster, but these are strategies to quiet it down more or cycle faster through it when it's getting louder to you. And strengths is a really great tool to do that. So we're wired to seek the negative, Mm -hmm. right? That's our human wiring to do that. Do you think there is that time when somebody starts using this strengths-based positive thinking, shifting their mindset, where the imposter monster or the this loudness gets even more loud in that midst of change because it's going completely against the wiring. Absolutely. And I, I think you brought up a really good point, Lori. It's going to get worse before it gets better, right? So you are going to, because you're trying to shift your mindset. In neuroscience, there's been advances where you're actually creating new neural pathways when you're employing elements of positive psychology, which leaning into your strengths is a big part of positive psychology. And so when you're doing that, you're creating neural pathways. So there's not only that mental, emotional change, there's a physiological change you're creating. Oh yeah, that voice is going to get super loud because it's sensing something different which to to it is like risk, like danger, danger, like, you know, big red sirens flashing, right? So it is going to feel worse before it gets better. And then this leads me to my next strategy, which was the one I, I kind of already alluded to before, which is who's on your personal board? You know, who is part of that support system that's going to help you through this, that's going to help support you and help reinforce these great strengths and reinforce that you are as great as you are, whether that's a mentor, a sponsor, a best friend, a cheerleader. You know, these are different people you want on that board and and they might be external, they might be internal, but remembering their voices. What are they going to say to the imposter monster every time that voice is getting louder? How are they going to combat it with something more? So do you coach them on, so when I start doing this, it would be helpful if you said this to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great technique to, to employ. You can also think of like 
one of my internal board members is no longer with me, like my grandfather. He was a very influential part of my life. And he was one of those voices who said, um, I wanted to emphasize education for all the daughters in my family so that they would never feel like they were an imposter, you know, that they can do anything and even more than a man can. And so when I get into some of that negative state, when it feels like certain values are conflicting for me, I hear his voice and it's, it helps to quiet down the, the imposter's voice. So I'm, I'm kind of living proof here. Like I've been through it. And at the same time, I, I know that you, you can cycle through it. There are these strategies and so many more that you can use to quiet it down. So you had mentioned strengths and Gallup. And so can you mention just briefly the tool you use and, and then Lori and I will weigh in on, on that. Yeah, absolutely. So the Clifton Strengths Assessment is through the Gallup organization. Gallup is most well known for its polls, especially like in politics, but it has a whole other arm of workplace analytics and they have millions of data points. They're the research gurus here showcasing that when you understand your strengths and you can live out your strengths every day, you have an opportunity to do so. It is going to drive higher performance, higher productivity, and for organizations, higher profitability. Over 25 million people worldwide have taken the Clifton Strengths Assessment, and the chances of you having the same results as someone else is one in 33 million. And that's just in what's called your top five. And so it's very, very unique to you. So listeners, this goes directly to the question I asked Ashi is, these are my top five. Am I special? Like she, you know, and she's like, oh, as a matter of fact, you are. And I'm like, oh. I am. <laughs> and I already knew that about you, Lori. I am special. So, you know, I've had, I have my book here and I have my, my little post-it note. And I'm, and for those that aren't watching, I'm showing Ashley that I have like my five tabbed out in my book yeah, um, so that I could go in and reflect on them. And, and then I, I fall away from it. Like I, I, I quit going back to it. What would you tell me to like gear me up to, to reconnect with my strengths? Yeah. So I do a few things to, to make sure I'm connecting with my strengths all the time. One is I have a post-it note of all my strengths yeah, I see them. Yeah. right on my laptop. So I look at my top five every day, multiple times during the day. And so when I'm challenged with something, or even while I'm coaching someone, I'm thinking about how can I lean on one of my strengths to help this client right now? What can I do to ask some really powerful questions and where can, what do they need from me right now? How do I need to show up as my best self? Or when I'm challenged with a business problem or I'm challenged with a personal problem, I'm looking at my strengths going, which one's going to serve me right now? Or which set of strengths is going to serve me right now? Or even better, do I need to reach out to a colleague, a friend, a family member 
And what strengths of theirs do I need to lean on? Because I've done strengths assessment with a lot of the people around me. So I know that sometimes I need to tap into my husband's achiever to like, you know, push me to like produce and and move a little bit further or a little bit of um, my daughter's intellection who can really like tap. She's very cerebral and she can really tap into uh, some information, maybe something I'm missing, especially when I'm telling a story and she can kind of get to like cutting through the emotions of the story and like just giving it to me in like a simple sentence (laughs) and like thinking through the process because she can like, she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you this mom, but I need some time to think about it, which is another trait in in intellection. So the Clifton strengths has all this language, right? There's, there's 34 talent themes. We all have different elements of it, but we, we dominate in five or 10 of our own and that order in which they show up for us really helps us understand how we're unique. And I just think that that's a critical step for leaders to know what their strengths are. But I also think that it's critical for leaders to help their people know Mm -hmm. what their strengths are and then to be able to align um, the functions within that team based on where people um, are strong. But I definitely see where it can help you if you can really identify with those strengths and understand that that you are strong in those areas and you are deserving um, to kind of defeat the imposter monster. Yeah. I mean, another strategy is to track your achievements and accomplishments. And I call it brag booking, you know, and, and it's funny because a lot of people who struggle with self-confidence get worried that they'll go the other way to arrogance, right? So there's this excessive humility they may have. So they get very uncomfortable with the word brag. And I said, well, don't assume people know all the great things you're doing just because you hope that the outcome will be the reward itself. Sometimes you have to showcase that to them, especially leaders, right? We talk a lot about our teams as leaders, but sometimes we also need to honor what we've done to lead those teams. And so a brag book helps as a reminder of all the different things that we're doing. And so not only do I like to track my accomplishments and tell my clients to do the same, I also tell them to your question earlier, Lori, is how did your strength show up for you today? Or, you know, which strength did you lean in on to get to that accomplishment that you had? And so there's a little bit more journaling, which is Yet another strategy, journaling those thoughts. <laughs> I love it. I feel like 2022 is, is journaling is the thing. I've gotten one of my daughters to start doing it. I'm routinely doing it. I'm getting my clients to. It is so powerful in so many different ways. We could have a whole podcast just on that. Well, we talk you, about you that. two especially could. Oh my gosh. So I I think I'm going to move my post-it, which was inside of my book cover so that it was right there when I opened my book, but I'm going to move it to be more visible. And so I'm looking and I'm I'm thinking connectedness is a a part of what I'm pulling in today because we're we're connecting here. I'm feeling connected. I feel like we're connecting people to you. Yes. and the good work that you're doing. But I wanted to comment you on this brag book thing. So my first reaction would be like, oh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But yet I just told a client yesterday, she is leaving a job and she's going to be going into something more family business where she really doesn't need to update her resume. She hasn't updated a resume in 20 years and she doesn't really need to. And I said, how about updating it anyway and celebrating all that you've been up to? So I see that as something a bit similar to the brag book, but for her, it's just updating that that resume because she even mentioned it. She goes, I don't know if I need to have an updated one. And I'm like, why not have one and celebrate what you've been up to? So I, I see that parallel. I love that. I love that. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a great, great way to do that. And also because when maybe she has to, she's got like a list to work from, but even more so it's giving her confidence walking into whatever role she's doing. It's, it's all part of these like confidence building strategies. It made me also think of something else you said, Lori, about um, what we say to others, like you said it to your client and yet you were a little uncomfortable thinking yeah. about it for yourself, right? Isn't that so funny? We let ourselves talk to ourselves in such a negative way, yet we won't talk to our friend, our client, you know, our, our colleague that way. Exactly. Right? I know. And I, when, when I was like seeing that, I'm like, oh, I better bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. My honor. (laughs) So Lori, are we ready for practical solutions to extraordinary leadership? I do believe we are. And I'm going to kick off with know your strengths and review them daily. And I'm going to, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this. The next one would be to remember that positive thoughts and attitudes lead to positive behaviors, positive actions and results and outcomes. So stay in the strengths-based positive mind loop and not the negative one. I love that. And we'll end with, we all have moments of imposterism and the key is to look at the strategies to cycle through them faster. So Ashi, we have loved having you on today. And if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way they can do that? The best way is to find me on LinkedIn. I'll connect with anyone who would like to know more or even have a call or a session with me. And so my LinkedIn profile, it's Ashi, A-S-H-I, last name Aurora, A-R-O-R-A. Last I looked, nobody else has my first and last name on LinkedIn. So <laughs> should be able to find me pretty quickly. You can also email me directly, Ashi at iriseexecutivecoaching.com. And we will also put that information on our show notes so people can go there and find that as well. So this has been fascinating. I have loved this conversation. Thank you again for being here, Lori. As always, it was so wonderful being with you again today. And you, I look forward to the next time. Thank you, ladies. I also enjoyed really having this conversation, this opportunity to talk to your tribe listening in. Thank you, Ashi. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. 
For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.